Hello and welcome to Retro Wars, where each week me and a friend talk about the video games we used to play back when we were kids. This is episode 34, and I am talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 1 for the Sega Mega Drive. Today I will be joined by Mr. Chris Copling from the Retro Hangover podcast. And of course, shenanigans usually occurs whenever he comes on the show, because we find out random animal facts, as you will find out during this show. Now, I hope everyone has been well. Sonic, as you know, he... Well, Sonic 1. Yeah, Sonic 1. That is what the logo was designed of. I have a huge thing for Sonic. Always have done, always will do. He was one of the first video games I ever played. And really, he is what got me into gaming. I have a lot of respect. And I know it's not as good as Sonic 2. Sonic 2 is a masterpiece, in my opinion, compared to Sonic 1. However, we do still need to cover Sonic 1 because, well, we've got we've got to. We have to because it is. Sonic 1 was a huge game for me. And I actually can't remember when I first played this. I genuinely can't. And I was trying to go back and when did, when, who was it? Because I never owned, I don't think I ever owned this as a kid. Just because back in those days, you didn't really have 40 quid to spend on a video game. And I couldn't go to mummy and daddy and go, can I have a game, please? Because unfortunately... Yeah, we, my mom struggled raising both of us, a uh, single parent. She did her best. She really did, but we didn't have money for video games. We had to save our bollocks off for those sort of things. And Sonic 1, unfortunately, wasn't one of the ones we got for Christmas. And, you know, that was what you got. So I think I got it off my mate Paul to borrow. That was the day when you borrowed video games off people. Some people might not go, ooh, I can't remember. I don't ever do borrow video games. That's an absurd thing. <laughs> Why would you fucking borrow a video game? But yes, we used to borrow video games for any kids listening. I think I borrowed it off him. But I did play it. I loved it. I said it's not as good as Sonic 2. It's not. It clearly isn't. But I did really enjoy this game. Now, if you are listening um, for Sonic, it's going to come in about half an hour or so, maybe 20, 25 minutes, something like that. Um, skip ahead. We do a bit of an intro first, and we try and have a bit of fun, and we have to play some games, and we do some news, quite a bit of stuff. But before we go into any of that, we just need to do the blog. Yes, we always need to do the blog. If you want to support the show, you can do so in a number of ways. Wherever you're listening to this, whether it's you know on Apple, whether it's on Spotify, wherever it may be, um, please give it a five-star um, review or give it a word review. It just helps the show and you know we want other people to come into this and learn about me and learn about this show and join in. But the best way to help support the show is over at Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash RetroWars. And for $1.50 Australian, you get access to your own fortnightly show called DLC. And there's a little bit of a sneak peek into DLC. I'm going to play a little bit now, which was episode 10, which was the recent Nintendo Direct. So it's like, hmm, that's going to be intriguing. I think the main thing people are going to be asking from this trailer is, hang on, two things. One, what characters are going to be revealed because there's been a whole list of games from Fire Emblem and I can imagine a lot of people are going to be like, oh, where's this character? Where's this character? Where's this character? Because you could. They said Fire Emblem has such a big history and it's a way to try and introduce people to old Fire Emblem games they may not have played. Plus, the other second question is going to be, when Smash Brothers on the way? Because if there's a new Fire Emblem, there must be a new Smash Brothers at some point. Because you can guarantee, if the new Smash Brothers did come out, this character is front, line and centre. It is. It's going to be. 
And that was episode 10. And that was the episode of the Nintendo. Oh, God, I've got my mouth. It's not even the beginning of the show. And I can't get even the words right. Ridiculous. It was episode 10. And that was a Nintendo Direct. Now, the next one, which will be coming out... Ooh, we'll be coming out next Friday. I'm going to be covering the Tokyo Games Fest because that was a whole load of news came out of there. So I'll be covering what happened there. And if people stop doing, you know, all these events, then I can actually do other things. But no, they want to hold gaming events every five freaking minutes and I've got to bloody keep reporting on it. Well, I don't have to, but I'd like to. That's what I like to do. But what else do you get for your money? Well, you get access to our own Discord. We're trying to build a little community. And basically, a fellow thinkers alike where we can just chat nonsense. You get access to the chance... Bleh, you get the chance to message me one-on-one and just ask me anything. I'm usually available by phone. You get a chance to vote in Patreon polls. You can take part in our shows of 16 Bits of Nonsense, Revive or Die, DLC, or comment on our game of the week it will be covering. And you also get to challenge me if you want to play Pokemon or Street Fighter V. Just give us a buzz, and we can try and work out a time we can play. Twitch is the other thing. Well, that's all the, the Patreon plugs used to say. I am trying to start Twitch. I haven't done it. I just haven't had a chance to do it. I'm not going to keep going on about that. When it's all sorted, I'll let you know. Now, because otherwise I'm just repeating myself constantly. Now, we're going to go into our letter section, which I call 16 Bits of Nonsense. Now, 16 Bits of Nonsense, as I said, is our letter section where people can write in and they can pretty much say whatever they want and I will do my best to answer it. So we've got one letter this week, which is from Captain N, who is our regular, which I'm very grateful he always sends something in. He says, howdy partner. As you know, I'm a Canadian. Sorry. And I thought I'd have... Yeah, you can apologize for being Canadian. It's one of your flaws. For fun, I thought I'd list 10 common Canadian words and sayings and without looking them up beforehand, see if you can guess what they are. Okay. A serviette. I, I I have to pronounce. I hope I'm pronouncing these right. Okay, one a serviette. Now I'm assuming that's a napkin. I, I'd say serviette as well, like a little paper thing you put on your 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 leg before dinner. So I think we say serviette to chirp or beak. I'm gonna basically is that like give crap to somebody, like to chirp them out, like you know if you want to pick on them or something or have a go with them. You know, you're basically like, oi, fuck off. Oi, knock it off. Something like that. Yeah, that's that's what I've got from that. Gotch, gitch, and gonch all mean the same thing. What the fuck is that? Gotch, gitch, and got. Gitch, and gonch. The fuck? Um, is that your dick? Is that another word for a penis? Is that another word for a male anatomy? I have absolutely no idea. Number four, a Mickey. Oh, fucking hell. A Mickey. I know what taking the Mickey is. Taking the Mickey is like taking advantage. I want to say, yeah, the same thing, a Mickey. So you're taking advantage of someone, like how we use it, taking the Mickey. That's what I'm going to do. So you're taking advantage of someone, you're taking, you're being stupid, you're, t- you're having a joke, you're having a laugh. I'm going to take it as a Mickey. A 2-4. A two four, is it a is it a number two? You go for a number two and you you're in there for four hours. Two four. A, a dart. Okay, a dart. I would now how I mean a dart. See, that's the thing. Some of these I'm, I'm I know my own version. A dart would be like to take to leave. I'm gonna dart off. 
I'm going to leave. I'm going to get off. So you even get off. People might not know what that means. And get off can mean something else. But I'm going to say dart is to leave. Leave early or something like that. Double, double. Um, a double, double. Would that be like four, four shots? A double, double. Like I've heard of treble. Or treble, treble. Treble, treble. They used to serve it when I was back in university. And that was nine shots. So it's a double, double, four shots. That's what I'll go with that. A bunny hug. <laughs> the, fuck, the fuck's a bunny hug? Um, is that when you like, I don't know, you jump on, jump on somebody? It sounds wrong. It sounds a bit naughty. Um, a bunny hug. I'm going to say it's a bit, it's the naughty things. It's the naughty, it's the naughty things you do in the bedroom. Loonies or twoonies? Now, loonies. I know what we say loony, but it's meant differently. It's, it's a derogatory term used towards someone who's got a mental health disability. You're a loony. Um, twoony, but all loonies or twoonies, that's why it's, it can't mean the same thing. Uh, fuck. Is that... Oh, no, no idea. No idea. And your final one, rubbers. If it's the same as what I think it is, it's um, a condom. That's what we would call it, a rubber. Well, we call it something else, but a rubber. I'm going to say that's a condom. So, there in the words, you're probably like, you're an idiot. And people like listening to this from America or Canada are like, you're a fucking dumbass. Well, come on. I don't use your terms. There's probably plenty of things we use. What do you call you McDonald's? Here in Australia, there's one for you. What do you call them McDonald's? Here they call it Maccas, which does my head in. I call it Mackies, where I'm from. But then other parts of England call it Mackie D's, which is a disgrace. See, Mac Mackies, and I refuse to conform. I'll call it like an alcohol shop. We used to call it Offy. We called it an Offy back in England, well, where I was from. Uh, here they call it Bottle or Bottle Shop. I will conform to that one. So there's some things I have learned, but some other things I'm like, nah, no chance. You did do all day doing this. It's good fun. Okay, enough of that. Right, thank you very much for Captain N. You probably had a good laugh at my expense and my stupidity. Let's move on to our new section, which is called Patch 34.0. Now the news, what has been going on? Do you know what? I'm just going to go back to a story. I mentioned it last week. Uh, it was Tekken 8 had been revealed. And I was going on about how, oh my God, why was it not shown off at Evo? It would have been amazing. The roof would have blown up. And I was listening to another podcast I listen to quite regularly called Triple KO. And that's Maximilian Dude, who's one of my favorite um, YouTubers. And he made a good point, actually. He said, whilst he agreed, it would have been freaking amazing to bid at Evo. The thing is, is whilst, yes, I, he agreed, he actually, it's my same point in the sense of it was probably a deal struck up with Sony, it had to appear on there. But you've got to think of these things. Yes, you could go to the Evo, show it there. It's about, you know, 1,000, 2,000 people in the room, and then you're going to get the videos of it being shared, uh, people's reactions, which have been great. You're not going to hit the audience you're going to hit if you hit a state of play. And that's your audience is the people who are watching that state of play because they're going to be people who might not have played a fighting game before, see this and go, oh, that's great. But had they seen the Evo thing, well, no, that's niche because it's Evo. It's to do with fighting. I'm not interested. So I get it. I do get the fact why it was on the state of play because ultimately it's a business at the end of the day. And, you know, you, you've got to go for money. It's all money. 
yeah, the Evo would have been great, but it's money. That's why it is. And they're trying to get new people to come in and you've got a much bigger coverage, which kind of means that, you know, don't expect new games to be revealed at these sort of events. It's all going to be your state of plays, your directs, your showcases. And so there could be something every time. So it basically shows you really should be watching these things. Whenever they pop up, something could happen. If they're going to announce a Tekken 8 at a Direct, they open, I remember, sorry, at a, um, a State of Play. I remember the Nintendo dropped the Link's Awakening remake at a Direct. So why not? Why These things are massive, so it's not going to be a big event. It's going to be at these sort of Direct things we need to watch. Unless I'm not considering, what's it called? What's the E3? Because E3 is when the eyes of gaming is upon. That's probably the one exception. But yeah, it's just going to be these these updates that we really should keep our eyes on. Okay, that was just a little side note, but I want to get onto the big news this week, and it was of GTA 6. So for those who don't know, um, Rockstar got hacked. Um, they're the people who make GTA, and it was massive. They basically had a hacker got in and got everything. And from the sounds of it, he's got the source code. That's what he's threatening. He has the source code. He has hours upon hours of content. And he released an, an hour's worth. I think it was about an over an hour's worth of basically test footage. It wasn't... We're not meant to see it. It was all test footage. It got leaked on the internet, on YouTube. It's all been taken down now. Uh, the lawyers have got involved. But it was out there. People got to see it. People were moaning at first. Like, oh my god, this looks shit. You know, I saw like a first few minutes of it. I thought it looked absolutely incredible. But again, we weren't meant to see this. So, Kami tits. It's test footage for a reason. But it angered me more than anything because I know people want to find out stuff early. I know people want leaks, but I've constantly said that leaks can ruin ruin the what the game developers want to show us and the magic of it all against like street fire 6 is a prime example pokemon is a prime example that shit gets leaked all the time it comes out in less than two months and i'm surprised the pokedex hasn't been leaked it's gonna be soon enough it's gonna be it's gonna drop it'll get leaked and it ruins it because everyone wants to find out you know what it's meant to be when we get that big grand reveal but unfortunately yeah this was a lot they showed they showed literally it's not just footage it's behind the scenes footage and it's such a shame because this game, the pressure on GTA 6, as I've constantly said, is, is immense and is bigger than any anything else I've ever seen in my life. And the developers must be absolutely devastated that the world has been rocked. The fact that, you know, all their great hard work is now out to sea for everyone to have a look at. And it's not ready yet. And it must be absolutely... I can't imagine what these people are going through. Like that company must be going through absolute hell, and not just the company. I'm going to say their their families as well. Anyone anyone tied to that project would have gone home that day absolutely devastated. I guarantee it, and that'll have an impact on their family. You know, because obviously this is their life, this is their income, and that's why leaks can be harmful. And imagine a household like, oh, they've just released the, you know, they've just leaked it. You'd be devastated. I'll have you know everyone's going to be gutted at home. It might affect things. Well, actually, it did. Apparently, the share price dropped, which is shocking. Like, just have some confidence in the game. Like, it did. It did make me happy that other developers came out straight away and were backing them. I'm saying, 
you know, everyone will appreciate your artwork and, you know, when it comes out, they're going to say it's a really good game and people were releasing their test footage from their games, which were, you know, which were never meant to be seen and they showed it, not saying of upcoming games, but of past games and say, look, this is what our game was to begin with and this is what it's going to end up, it ended up as. So, basically to say it's test footage. If it was an actual demo, well, then yeah, you got right to criticise, but this is a test and it was never meant to be shown like, oh my god, there's so much things going on the screen. You're like, whoa, okay, this is hurting my brain. It's Matrix-level stuff. But my heart goes out. It really does. I'm not just saying this. I, I'm absolutely devastated for everyone involved. Not just developers. You could say the pro... You know, you've got programmers. You've got set designers. You've got art directors. Editing teams. Music. Everyone involved in that project of GTA 6. I am so devastated for you. I really am. I honestly now hope this game becomes the biggest game ever. I hope it smashes records. Um, so any disappointment you may have suffered over these past past week, you know, just becomes a distant memory and you can basically bask in the success that you hopefully rightfully deserve. It re- I really believe that. Um, and I, I should just say, I mean, just, just pause. For, I'm going to pause for a second because I need to check it from my phone. There we go. I was just getting the message. So that Rockstar very rarely release stuff like any media message, but they came out and said, we recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage of the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not appreciate any disruption to our live game services, nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We are extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto will continue as planned and remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon and of course we'll properly introduce you to this next game when it is ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support for this situation. There we go, when it's ready. They must be devastated and I really am. I do feel sorry for them. But then the hacker apparently, now this is allegedly, I can't, I haven't confirmed this myself. He then was speaking to somebody and he's saying, I'm willing to basically... He's got apparently the GTA 5 source code as well. So the source code basically means you can do what the fuck you want with it. You've, you've, you can you like the master key. And he was he said he's he's threatening to sell it. And he wants to speak to Rockstar about a deal. Uh, or he'll release more. Apparently now the FBI has got involved. Because it's the biggest gaming hack ever. And if people don't think, oh, it's only video games. No, these are multi-billion you know, dollar companies now. This is a lot of money on the table. And the fact that he's added not just theft, but blackmail into it. It's like, you're in, you're going away for a few years if they get him. And I really hope they get him. You're a bastard. For the person, you you can have the credit, you know, to doing that. That's that's just horrendous. But to threaten a company even more, you're a bastard. I I, I have no sympathy for you whatsoever. If I saw you in the street, I I wouldn't be giving you a high five and say, wow, well done for leaking that game. Be like, prick that's how i genuinely feel i know people from rockstar are going to be listening to this podcast but if anyone does know anybody involved because they are so big and you know video game companies are just know i feel i'm so sorry i really am i really am i really hope it smashes it but that's i could rant about that all day but i can't because otherwise i'll get drunk and it's only three o'clock in the afternoon and i've got other stuff that i need to do aka i need to get the house tidy before the wife comes home oh i'm dead I'm talking about things which might piss people off. Yep, it's been announced that in New York, the Comic Con, uh, October 6th, they are going to drop the first trailer 
for the Super Mario movie. Again, pressure. Holy shit. Everyone lost their mind when they saw the voice cast and thought, this is shit because Chris Pratt's going to be Mario. Oh, crap. You've got to hope it's going to be a good trailer because Twitter's going to blow up. You can just see it now. One of them. Let's just give it a chance. Let's wait and see. <laughs> I, I don't know. I oh, the grand reveal for that Comic Con's gonna be so good. Like I'm actually going to a Comic Con tomorrow. Or I would have actually been by the time it's been aired in Sydney. Uh, oh, I, I want to see that. I do want to see that. Talk about other trailers which have received more positive um, com- comments. Sonic Prime. Now they released a trailer recently, and they've released another one of their new show, and it saw this time Sonic Racing and Fighting Shadow. Looked alright. Graphics look great. Please be good. <laughs> please be good. Please. Please be good. That's all I'm asking. Please please don't be shit. Please don't be shit. And I'd be very happy. Things that I think might be shit, though. Gran Turismo. Um, is it? They're making a film? Apparently Orlando Bloom's in it. How do you make a film? Of Gran Turismo? Is there a plot in Gran Turismo apart from just racing people? I've got no idea. Like, it's just a car movie. I'm I'm really, of all the games, Gran Turismo. The fuck? Fine. Look, you're just basically going by name alone. It's not like Need for Speed, which actually has more of a plot than this. I don't know. It'll, it'll sell because it's Gran Turismo and people just go, but I bet it's shite. I just I just have a prediction it's going to be shite. I really do. Talking of things that aren't going to be shite. Now, if anyone has seen um, good old Ted Lasso, it's not called Ted Lasso, is it? Is it called Ted Lasso? I don't think it is actually called, it might be, you know, I say this and I actually think it's called, hang on. This is where I really should just do a bit of research before I do anything into this show. And Yed, no, don't type Yed. I think it could, no, it is called Ted Lasso. Yeah. So Ted Lasso is a an American com- comedy show about a guy called Ted Lasso who takes on a football team in England, AFC Richmond. And I've never seen it, surprisingly. I don't know why I've never seen it, because it's probably up my alley. Apparently, they've been coming to FIFA 23. Why not? Why not? It's a, it was a huge, it's a big hit. Why not put them in the game? It's your last Harari, eh? Do it. Do what the frick you want in this new FIFA. Have fun. Put Monstars in it. Put the Monsters team from Space Jam. I know it's basketball. Don't get I'm not that stupid. But put whatever you want in. Do it. Have Fuck around. Literally, you want to put Tedla? Put him in. Do whatever you want. You want to fuck around with that source code? You fuck around with it. Have some fun. Go out on a bang. See, again, this comes back to me needing to do some research. And I apologise. So other things which, well, other companies who won't mess around with their little coding system is the Pokemon company. Now, recently there was a special event and they were having an interview and they actually came out and said they're not going. They were asked, would you do a special event of like an old game, but with like a Nuzlocke? So basically it was like with play, play the old game with special rules. Now, basically it's very easy and I've done it. I've done it for a long time where you can play any Pokemon game practically but you can change, you can change it and make what's called a Nuzlocke, where you can change the coding. Well, not, not essentially not the coding, but you can change it all, right, behind the scenes. So you can start the game with a Mewtwo if you wanted to. And 
the, I think it was a mess up with the translation where basically the Pokemon company were like, well, no, we're not really going to do that. We're not really a fan of that. And I think basically what they were kind of saying is, well, we don't mind it, but we can't support it. Because if they start doing, playing a Pokemon game with a Mewtwo, well, then it's mess with the code. And they can't support that sort of stuff because it's that's not the official product. They might like it behind the scenes. They might play it behind the scenes, but they can't go out and support non-official products. They just can't. Cause it's not good for business. It's simple as that. Again, it's a business decision. It'd be great if they said, yeah, let's all play a Nuzlocke. Let's all play a modded version of Pokemon Yellow. It'd be hilarious, but they're never going to come out and say that. They're just not. They can't. It's like if the Dragon Ball Z, you know, Peter's fun animation, who own that, they're never going to come out and say, we love the Abridged series. They just won't. Because it's not supporting the official product, although Dragon Ball Z Abridged is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. But either way, they're not going to come out and say it. They just won't. Money, money talks, unfortunately. Now, the final bit of news is Pokemon related again. And Ed Sheeran, never thought I'd be saying this, apparently he is a big lover of Pokemon, and he still plays Pokemon Silver. Uh, allegedly, you know, this all could be money talking, but he says he still plays Pokemon um, Silver. He still has his old Game Boy. Okay, fair enough. Kudos to that. Although, how are you still playing that? How are you still... Unless you've got a battery, how are you still playing old Silver games? I would have died years ago. But he's actually making a um, song called Celestial, and it comes out on Thursday. And the, the best thing... I don't know what's going to sound. The best thing you should see about this is, like, the the single cover. You should, it's all, like, really badly drawn. It's the point of it. But Pikachu's face looks like a boxer has just punched him in the face and he's, he's just become jelly and his eyes and everything, his bits are everywhere. It just looks really weird. Uh, fine, do it like that. I don't know why they have, but it just looks weird. But I'll be listening to it. Is Ed Sheeran. I love him. And the good thing is, the wife doesn't know. I've booked tickets to go see him next year. It's a surprise for her. She doesn't listen to this show. She hates this show. She hates everything I stand for. So she's never going to find out I bought tickets. And those who know, don't you freaking dare message her because I'll kick your ass. But yeah, we're going to see Ed Sheeran next year. Can't wait. It'd be great. Woo! Um, that's the end of the news. That is everything I've got this week. Um, yeah, quite a little bit. Not as much as previous weeks, but still quite a little bit. So we're just going to go on to our new game, which I'm going to still keep saying on new game. Now, this is not for Patreons. This is for everybody. And this is called Sticky Dupy Jinjo. Uh-huh. So stick it up your Jinjo is for everyone. You don't have to said be a Patreon member. And basically what this game is, is something. Well, originally I was it was meant to be just gaming achievements. And I wanted you to post your gaming achievements. But really, I'm going to twist it a little bit more. I want it to be something that either it's in a gaming achievement. And you want to say, screw you. I've done it. I'm out of my life. Or is there something you can't do? Is there a boss on Elden Ring you can't beat at the moment? You're like, and you just want to rage. Kind of like a grind my gears thing, basically. And you want to give it two fingers. Let me know. Post it on Twitter at... Post it on Twitter at RetroWarsUK. Let me know on there. Send me a picture of your rage. Tell me your rage. And I will read as many as I can on the show. Because it twisted because my cousin basically came out again and said he hasn't done a fatality on Mortal Kombat 2. That's something to be annoyed about back in those days because nobody knew how to do fatalities. Because it was like, how do you do these magic shit? How? How do, how do you make the man explode? I have no idea. All I can do is an uppercut. Stupid Mortal Kombat 2. It's stupid rules. 
But yeah, as I said, this is for everyone. You do not have to be on Patreon. Just go to at RetroWarsUK on Twitter. Let me know what's pissed you off. Let me know your gaming achievements, and I will read them out on the show. And this is going to be a recurring thing every week. Now, our next game is our final game, and it is our Patreon exclusive, which is called Revive or Die. Hey, listen! Revive or Die is where we look at a series, it could be a game, it could be a mechanic, a character, something we've not seen for a long time, and we ask the question, should it be revived or left to die? Now, considering we are talking Sonic 1, we are going to look at Dr. Robotnik. Now, over the past few years, Dr. Robotnik's name has, I think since the Adventure series, his name has been changing to Dr. Eggman, or just Eggman, in kind of line with the Japanese, which have always used Eggman, whereas everyone else has used Robotnik. I've grown up with Robotnik. Now, if you've watched the film, Jim Carrey, he plays Dr. Robotnik, so just ignore that, but everything else has been Eggman. So I want to ask the question, should it be returned to Dr. Eggman, sorry, Dr. Robotnik in the games, or should it just stay as Eggman? I wanted to let you guys know, and then I'll give you my opinion. Chris Copley, our guest for today, he says, Robotnik is what we need. It feels like an actual villain. Villain? God, I can't even read properly. An actual villain. Revive. And Captain N says, like Mario needs Bowser, Sonic needs Dr. Robotnik. Revive this man, but erase his PhD. Mr. Robotnik will thrive. Well, I agree with both of you. Yes, I am with a revived Dr. Robotnik. It should be that. But I am going to take exception to Captain N. Why erase his PhD? Mr. Robotnik, well, well, clearly he needs the PhD because he's clearly a doctor of robotics. If he didn't have the PhD, then he probably hasn't got the skills to make all these badniks. So, bullshit to your comments. I'm not having it. He will be a Dr. Robotnik on this show. If anyone comes on here and says Mr. Robotnik, they can piss off and they are banned. It is Dr. Robotnik. It will stay as Dr. Robotnik. Dr. Eggman is a pile of shit name. Dr. Robotnik is what it will remain. Captain N, I love you, but I disagree with you wholeheartedly on this one. Chris, you're in the good books. But Captain N, ooh, bad week's this one. Stop giving me weird names that I don't know in Canada and stop trying to take away this man's hard-earned PhD. Jesus Christ. Now, what have I been up to? Let's get on to more positive things. Well, no, not more positive things. My mother-in-law's here. I know all the mother-in-law's visiting. Yeah, if you didn't know, she was visiting for two years last time because of the row-row, and now she's here for three months. And I've already caught her not locking the door, which is fantastic for the toilet. Awesome. But apart from that, uh, not much else. I By the time this comes out, I will have been to the Sydney Comic Con and probably bought way too much stuff and in trouble with the wife. So it'd be fantastic. And what have I been playing? Uh, well, I've been trying to get Digimon World to work, and it's just been a bit of a nightmare. So I've still I've gone back to Final Fantasy V. I'm just as I said, I'm just plodding on that uh, as I can. Um, I do. I've got a few other games I'm going to start loading up this week because I've got a lot to get through. Um, so there, that's what it has been, and that is everything. Oh, just in half an hour time, that was quite good. So let us get on to Sonic. As I said, I am a big lover of Sonic the Hedgehog. Always have been, always will be. He is, you know, my spirit animal in a way. And I love Sonic 1. Yes, it doesn't hit the highs of Sonic 2. Sonic 2 looked at Sonic 1 and rebuilt everything it did. And and so it's always going to be a shadow of its, you know, its younger brother. 
Um, but I still love this game. And Chris has come back again, and I have such a great time with Chris. And if you if you're not heard of his show, the Retro Podcast, I do hope you go over there and go over there. He's a lot more vocal with his intros. I warn you now. His intro is a lot louder than mine. He is his speaker breaking loud, but he doesn't do that here. He gets told off for doing that sort of stuff. But yes, me and Chris had a really good chat, and I'm just going to get this all started. So I'm going to put some music on. And when I come back, me and Chris are going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 1, which released for the Sega Mega Drive or the Genesis in July 1991 in Europe. Fuck me, I'm old. Now recording this episode, oh, he's interrupted me already, fucking great start, isn't it? Well done. I had to hit record. You had to hit record. Yeah, these things, look, I I can't be angry because I messed this guy up yesterday. It's Chris. (laughs) Chris is here once again, and we are talking Sonic 1. How are you, my friend? I am doing fantastic. I'm recovering from COVID, and all of that shit is gone, so I can breathe. But more importantly, I think this is the first time we've had a recording since you recovered from your dilemma, man. I'm just so happy that you're up and alive. It's, it's a pleasure yeah, exactly. to talk to you, sir. Thank you. Everyone's breathing. That's the main thing. We can all breathe. As long as we can yes. breathe fresh air, we're not dead. It's a good thing in this world. Yes. It is it's like buff. They, they're blast processing our lungs with... They- Jesus Christ. Yeah, that reminds me. I need to cancel my doctor's appointment. Jesus, that's a good... Re- You've just reminded me. Thank you very much. That's what this show is. It's educational to my brain. Because I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's quarter past six in the morning, <laughs> people. No idea what's going on. So we're talking Sonic 1. You came to me and you wanted to do this one. Absolutely. And I can't lie. This game is hugely influential to everything in gaming, in my opinion. I agree, dude. Like this is the game. This is this is the game that punched Mario in the face. Like just it, squared up and did. punched him. Yes. It really did cuz yeah, Mario was absolutely dominating at the time and Sega just had Alex the Kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they Ugh. did. Well, they had Fuck. they had uh what's it called with Opa Opa? Uh, uh Fantasy Opa? Zone. Yeah, Opa Opa, Fantasy Zone. Fuck. Can you imagine that? Like, oh, the idea, mascot of the year, Alex the Kid. Woo! Yeah, that that shit. Like a little monkey boy that that can't that punches shit kind of and just dies. In Rochambeau. and his games are fucking horrible, fucking horrendously hard. Hey, but that's that's the game of your people, man. That's that's, that's the true. British nostalgia the- point. Fucking, we make, let's make it hard. But they decided, like, Sega brought out Sonic, and geez, they never looked back. And, like, I love Sonic. I've, I've made this very clear. That's why the first episode of this show was Sonic 2, because I, I, I love Sonic. It's great. But there's an interesting thing, and it's like the bit of the Mandela effect. Like, I never knew back at the time, because I was too young, that this game, when it came out, wasn't actually part of the console's release. No, no, you're right. Like a lot of people think this was a launch game for the Genesis, but like it was two, two or three years yeah, after it, it. It wasn't until t- t- two years. Well, it launched what? It, the Genesis launched in '88, I think, in Japan. Yeah, and it yeah. came out 
in like late 90, 91 Sonic the Hedgehog. So it had almost been out three years before Sonic the Hedgehog came out. Yeah, and then they said, right, this game's so good, bundle it with every console from now on. Dude, they even gave people free, and at least in the United States, they gave people free copies of Sonic the Hedgehog if you already owned a Genesis proof of purchase. That's mental. Who keeps a receipt for two years? Well, apparently, (laughs) I don't know, some people. I mean, you have to remember, consoles were a lot more of a high-end item back then, because $189 in 1988 is like $5,000 now with inflation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally, now you have to sell your toe. Or sell part of your foot for medical yeah. research to get a get a say. I need a Genesis. Take my hand. Oh shit! I need that hand. I'm sorry. I need to start saying Mega Drive. I, I have to remember. I'm I'm talking to a Brit slash Aussie. So yeah, it's so much better. Mega Drive so much better than Genesis. Ah, I have to disagree, but I get it. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I got the I had when I got my first console. It was the Mega Drive Two. Oh, mm. that console was a thing of beauty absolutely gorgeous now did you get it with sonic the hedgehog no do you know what i honestly did not get sonic with it huh what came with it 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 came with sonic one the mega drive one or genesis one when i my dad um he didn't get it he got me a chunk of games but sonic one wasn't on the list oh wow so i don't know how i ever got hold of one like I, i played it to death but how the hell i got hold of it i must have stole it from somewhere I have That's no how we idea. Did when, when we were kids, we just swapped in, until we got the game we wanted. Exactly. That's what you did, yeah? You Swapping games? Who remembers that shit? That's going to have to be a revive or die. When do, you, when do you swap games with people now? Oh, never, dude. Never. You can't swap your digital inventory. You can't swap your Steam account. How the fuck do you do that? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you my password, and then <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> Mate, I want to play. I want to play a game. Watch your login details. You be like, fuck off, buy it yourself. That's yeah. that's that's. We're all basically secular bastards now. But back in the day, you say, oh mate, can I borrow Sonic Two for Sonic Two for a week? Yeah, of course, mate. You can play borrow it. And then it's like trying to get it back. That's the bastard in old old school gaming. Yeah, but the thing is, is that you ended up getting a game from them that you, you would hope would be better. Well, that's be true. Like Evander Holyfield's Real Deal Boxing. Oh Jesus! No, see for year I, the the one I was looking for for years to get hold of was um was Super Street Fighter Two the new challenges not the new challenges oh what was the one when they brought in like DJ and T Hawk yeah that was, that was one it I was like was that it was Super it. Street Fighter like, yeah fuck I was so happy oh, it was Super Street Fighter <laughs> that's what it was called I was so happy I got hold of that I was like oh my god this game's amazing wait it's fucking months to get hold of that but with Sonic. I know going back to Sonic, go deviating a little bit here. When he came out, his design was head and shoulders above Mario for the time. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was really representative of the 90s, whereas Mario is more of this wholesome, family-centric character. And then you have Sonic, who's just like, hey, I have this attitude for you Gen Xers, man. Suck it, Mario. And it took off. It, it really did, and the whole thing with Sonic, it was he was basically, we're going to show what this console can do, we're going to show the colours, but more importantly, well, for a point, we're going to show the speed. And Jesus Christ, at the time, this this little thing, this little hedgehog could fly in the Green Hill Zone. It certainly felt like that, yeah. I mean, that was the advertising point, and as I said earlier, the, the blast processing, that was... 
what Sega was pushing because when Sonic moved and he could move, it was something else. It was definitely part of Green Hill Zone to to draw the player in, no doubt. Yeah, and the Green Hill Zone is so iconic, you know, j- just for the fact that it's been remade so many times and that initial song is incredible. But it was an iconic, perfect way to get the game going because literally it showed the speed, it showed the multiple routes you can do to a level and if you did it in 30 seconds, you got a huge bonus and you could... Oh, it's just going through down that first hill, up those first loop de loops. It's like, and he just flies into the air. It was just amazing. I'll say this: I don't think there's a single Mario game that really encapsulates the feeling that Green Hill Zone Act One draws out of most people. Uh, I, I, I'll stand by that. Sonic the Hedgehog One, Green Hill Zone Act One is probably one of the most iconic stages in all of video game history, and the most, yeah, I agree the most fun. With that. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree with that. Like for Super Mario, for Mario, I just think it's the first one in Super Mario World. But even that is nowhere near comparable to Sonic One. There just just isn't because it literally it was like this was Sega going right. Here's our game. Here's what it is. Here's what you're getting. This is why it's better than Mario in one level. And just, the first level alone could have just done it. It was just brilliant. Now I don't think it's better than Mario, but I I do oh. think that. Like, overall, anyway, I'll say that. But I will say, yeah, that, like, Green Hill Zone as a whole gets you gets you feeling like it possibly could. It's just a brilliantly designed stage. I th- actually is. think that the entirety of the game's creative focus was on Gre- Green Hill Zone and probably Starlight Zone. I See, this is the thing, yeah, I agree with that. And me saying this is better than Mario, that was from Sega's point of view. Because right, after right. Green Hill Zone, after Green Hill Zone, holy shit... Did they just go, right, here's what's really good about the game. Now we're going to fuck everything up and make it some of the shittiest platforming you've ever seen. Ooh, I don't think it's shitty platforming, though. I think it's really good platforming. I just think that... And here's where Sega fucked up, right? Because if you put everything in this basket of go fast, go fast, gotta go fast, and then you get to, uh, what, Marble Zone... Is it just yeah. Marble Zone? But you get there, and all of a sudden, there it's more of a slow pace. There's more of a thought to it. There's more of a strategy to it. You're already starting to kind of lose people on your promise. But I actually think all these stages, I just played through the entire game. All these stages are well-designed. Yeah. I, th- I still think it's a good platformer. I just think, see, this is the thing. I love Sonic. I just think he handles like ass in comparison to Mario when it comes to platforming. Like if you would if you would give me a character to go through the marble zone, I'd rather have Mario jumping through it than Sonic. No, I I 100% agree with you. I I think there's some challenge when it comes to controlling Sonic, but it's not as bad as a lot of your other mascot platformers. I think if you go back and you look at a lot of other platformers of the era and what Sonic was doing, and a lot of those momentum, it's almost it's almost like you're you're overcoming it, which is kind of a shit answer, I'll even say that. But for no, the no, most no. part, Sonic jumps when you want him to jump, and he moves when you want him to move. It's that when you start getting that momentum, when it becomes a little bit more unwieldy. Yeah, that's when it starts becoming a little bit difficult. And we were saying about the Marble Zone. So if you don't know what the Marble Zone is, and I think everyone probably does, it's where he's like underground. There's lava, which makes no sense, um, no. and you have to do all these little, 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 little platforming bits. It becomes quite slow. Although I saw a video recently on YouTube, and some guy speed ran Marble Zone. I went, "Holy shit! He's just made that done in seconds." It's like, how the fuck? 
Like, no, he didn't even wait for anything. He's like, doof, 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 doof. I was like, that's ridiculous. He's now made it speedy. It's incredible. Well, the good thing about Marble Zone is there's a lot of little hidden avenues and, and routes you can take. I think that's even more than the other levels. And I, I do like that about Marble Zone. It actually feels more like a traditional platformer, and I think that's why I like it. Now, I can understand why a lot of people hate it, because you do have to play it slower. But, mm. yeah, I mean, someone who can speedrun it, good on them, but you're pretty much ignoring everything else that's in that level. And that's the thing you said about the different routes. Um, do I have to clarify? He'll say route, I say route. That's an English thing. Although in Australia, route means something very completely different. So it would probably get me banned at work if I'm not careful. <laughs> um, but you, in, in Mario, it's quite linear. It's like literally from start to finish. Whereas Sonic has multiple routes. In diff- in, you can either take a... There's usually about three different routes you can take. And each with a varying difficulty. And I think that's a great thing. And you said Marble Zone, yeah, it's got loads. Green Hill Zone had loads. Everyone had their own different routes, which is absolutely great. Yeah. And again, it was some, they didn't have to do that, but it was really to show how big the world was. And also to make, make sure you can have a different experience every time you play. Because it's not a long game. I, mean, I imagine you probably finish this very quickly. Yeah, you could beat this game in anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how you want to play it. Um, I, I tend to take my time for the first couple levels, at least until I can get all the Chaos Emeralds. And then once I have all the Chaos Emeralds, then I just, I don't give a shit because it doesn't matter anymore, really. Yeah, just go nuts. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to maintain that 50 ring balance at the end of the Ooh. level. And then you have to beat the special stage, which is easier said than done. Um, oh. the, <laughs> like, they, they can be, I guess it depends on how much you've played this game. Because you can get easily lost in that shit and just like yes. fall right into a goal, and it's like, no, go go fuck yourself. But for the most part, they're they're not overly difficult if you just keep hitting the jump button over and over and over again until you find out where you need to go. But overall, yeah, those special stages are hectic, so you got to be really careful. And once you get all the chaos emeralds, which doesn't give you anything, by the way, except a slightly different no, it gives ending. you nothing. No, you don't get supersonic. The ending isn't that much different, but it is one less thing you have to worry about. It is. It's one of those, it's one of those things. Yeah, because they didn't have the grey emerald. They added the grey emerald in number two. Mm-hmm. Well, how I know it was the grey emerald, I don't know, but it is. And yeah, the suit, those stages. Like basically, if you're on acid, you are dead. You will. This will <laughs> fuck you up. I like how you have to put that in there. Yeah. No. This this <laughs> podcast encourages no acid taking before you play, or no hallucinogenic materials, no mushrooms, before you play this game, because you will cry. Because there is so much shit going on. There's loads of colors. It's The stage is rotating. Sonic is constantly spinning. You will throw up. Well, if you need to be over, you're not going to have a good time playing this. Let's put it like that. And, yeah, basically, you, you have to kind of, like, break your way through, like, I don't know, crystal things to get the emerald. And I was trying to work out, how is... Sonic is basically just rubbing against blocks. He's rubbing himself up to try and open the pathway in. I was like, that's I, just weird. I really, that, I really hope they have lube on him, man. Because if they don't, I feel... <laughs> I mean, at least he's not... Bothers, go on. Uh, he's not... I mean, he's not even an echidna, so he only has one head. I mean, an echidna has, like, what, five? I think that's why they heads. introduced Knuckles. Five heads? Yeah. They've knocked off. They've got one head. Echidnas? Yes. Not on their penis. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
was like, Jesus, what, what a kid? Because I've seen, I see a kid that's usually once a week. Well, in the zoo, and I've seen one in the wild. I was like, I've not seen it with five heads. Oh no, it's penis. <laughs> yeah, man. They they know how to multitask. They know how to get down. Consider I have now learned a new thing, and I'm now not going to look at the same thing again. When my daughter's like, "What's that?" I was like, "It's got five heads." Might give up. Just turn it over. <laughs> yeah, just spin that bastard over. You get a shit of a shock. It's like a duck penis. That's a fucking weird thing. <laughs> Google a duck penis. That'll scare you. I guess I, you need to Google an echidna penis now. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna get like Mrs. I think she's gonna be like, what's that? What the what the fuck are you even looking at? So don't ask, Chris. Don't ask. <laughs> it's all his fault. Fucking Americans. <laughs> it's all his fault. How did you get to that? Oh, the Sonic. We got from Sonic One to echidna penis. That's how we do it on this show. That's where we go. Now, and Knuckles is the best fister, too. Oh, fuck's sake, yes. Knuckles is the best fister. See, Knuckles can actually play in this, can't he? If you've got, like, the no. Origins... Ver- no, the Origins version. You have to play oh. like, the new versions. You can get, you can play Sonic... You can play Knuckles in these games now. But in back in the day, when you had Sonic and Knuckles, you could put the Sonic one on top, and you got, like, unlimited... Um, special stages from three and knuckles. That was what the big thing was for that. Yeah, Sonic One was a special stage from Sonic uh, from Sonic Three or Sonic Three and Knuckles, and that was actually really disappointing because you could play as Knuckles in Sonic Two. So it's yeah. like, oh, maybe I can do something special. It's like, nah, no, you just get this little special stage, which is what happens every single time you put another Genesis game on on Sonic and Knuckles. You get a special stage. You get so a special no, stage. Yeah, no difference. Not, yeah, not, nothing special. The thing is, right, and I'll, I'll probably understand why they did that, because Knuckles doesn't jump as high as Sonic. That was his yeah. thing. He did, he, and when you look at some of the levels, so I go, I'll go back to the other the, the, the ones in a minute, but I think he would struggle in Labyrinth Zone. I don't think he'd be able to do it. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, you could just change it so he could jump as high. I don't know, I think, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. But, I mean, yeah, Labyrinth Zone is something special. I I, I guess we need to talk about Labyrinth Zone then, because we're there. Look, yeah, Labyrinth Zone, Jesus Christ. It is like, what does Sonic hate? Water. Let's emphasize it in this bastard. Labyrinth Zone, in my opinion, is iconic. This, this, out of all gaming, alongside Green Hill Zone, these are the two that stick out like a sore thumb. And, oh, Labyrinth Zone is such a bitch. Like a sore kid in a penis. But, like, if you <laughs> if you look at Labyrinth Zone, I, how many fucking kids did this give PTSD to? Oh, I think... Almost so many. Like, that countdown, as soon as it starts with five and it starts with that music. Do, do, oh, you, well, you can't breathe. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, yeah. that. Terrifying. Especially, especially if you're right near a bubble font. And, like, you yes. see the bubbles coming up. And it's like a medium-sized bubble, and it's like down to two. You're like, please, please, give me a fucking bubble. Like it's like you. it's like give cocaine. Me a fucking bubble. Like give me. It's like drugs. Give me a fucking bubble. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine if you had the option, Sonic, like literally sucking the air out of the floor. Like, Come on, you're in a fucking air. Like it's just that mechanic uh. was great, but oh my god, like the idea of collecting bubbles was so good. But Sonic in water is just like. <laughs> 
Oh, this hurts so much. Just, it's oh, it's so slow. It's like giving the game a chance to breathe. I, I mean, no, because you're not able to breathe. But uh, no, I get you though. But um, <laughs> but like actually, like I look at that game, like when I when I replayed it, and, like everyone hates Labyrinth Zone, and it's completely understandable. I don't think it's one of the better zones, obviously. But I I do think it does add a little bit of challenge to a game that up to that point was relatively easy it makes you think about controlling sonic differently and again if you look at this game on its own merits and you don't think to yourself sonic's gotta go fast all the time then like there is some value within labyrinth zone yeah it's irritating yeah it will fucking you know traumatize your children but it traumatized me as a child that's why but for the most part, like there's there's some cool design here, and if you take your time, and you play it right. Labyrinth Zone really isn't that bad. No, I I do agree. I think Labyrinth Zone is a good level. It's just yeah. the fact that I think a lot of people, because it was such a brick wall, it was like, holy shit, this just went up a notch. Like, yeah. We, we, like, fuck, I was not ready for this because the one you'd had before was Spring Yard, so that was trying to bring back into the, some of the speed and stuff. But holy shit, Labyrinth just went. No, we're gonna make this. The difficulty spike is going up. I'm going to introduce new mechanics to you that you're not ready for. And wow, it did it in spades because, yeah, Sonic hadn't been in the water at that stage and it didn't, you had no idea what was going on. And yeah, it was a slow level, but you had to realize this is not one you're going to speed run through. You need to take your time here and learn those intricacies of platforming and learning to breathe and suck helium out and out the floor. But it was a, I, you know, looking back. It was terrifying, but it is a good level. Yes. And, like, your reward for finishing Labyrinth Zone is Starlight Zone, which I think is the best levels in, in, in Sonic 1. Starlight Zone is, is is amazing. The music is great. The sense of speed and the overall challenge. That's, like, what Sonic is, is Starlight, yeah. is Starlight Zone. The music in Starlight Zone is just so good. Mm-hmm. I oh, I might put that as one of the songs for this podcast, but oh my god, I love Starlight Zone. It's just so peaceful. It's just it's so relaxing. You just want to stay there and go, oh, fuck Robotnik, let him take over the world. I just want to live here and live in the joy of watching stars, this little piano music. Oh, it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. You you know the music in this game was written by a professional band too, right? Was it? Yeah, it's, it's a professional band in Japan called Dreams Come True. Like, no one outside of Japan would know who the fuck they are. But, yeah, uh, Dreams Come True is the name of the band, and they were all the music for the for the first Sonic. It was, it was part of a collaboration effort. Jesus, someone should give them a hot dog, because they did a good job with this soundtrack. Oh, phenomenal. This, this soundtrack, like like that opening thing for Sonic, the dun-dun-dun, iconic. Like, oh, yes. Just everything about that, the music, the music is one thing, is is god tier for me. About everything else, the music is the god tier thing of Sonic. Uh, there's there's not a single Sonic game I can point to and say that the music is bad, but there is something about the first Sonic game that just, it just hits. Everything hits. Just perfectly. Yeah. It's, it doesn't go too hard. And it, it's not too much in the background. Everything within the first Sonic game, everything you hear is just like, this is legit. This is just fantastic music. And I think, I, I you know, I'm going to say it. It's it's probably my second favorite Sonic soundtrack behind behind Sonic 3. I think Sonic 3 nails everything. But I think if I actually went back and listened to it, I'd be challenged on it. 
but all Sonic soundtracks are good, but Sonic 1 is way up there, man. No, I agree. Completely, I agree. Compared to Sonic 3, yeah, Sonic 3 is number one, because obviously a bit of secretly Michael Jackson involved. But Sonic 1 is, is up there, and it is. It's incredible, and it's iconic, and it beats Mario hands down. And it's one of those, you can hear, you'll hear that, and you'll go, holy shit. And if you've recently watched the new Sonic film, Sonic 2, there's a little bit of an Easter egg uh, when they played the Green Hill music in there. And as soon as I heard it in the film, I went, holy shit, I want that as my ringtone. And it's going to be in my new phone's ringtone. It will be, because it's just so <laughs> freaking good. Oh, that's awesome. My ringtone's still Streets of Rage 2, but you can you yes. can hit your Sonic. Yes. Oh, God, the Sega was so good for music. It was blasting Nintendo. When they knew how to do it right. It. When they knew how they to do it right. Yeah, they did. They didn't. They, they did it really well. And I was just going to say, the last, we forgot to actually talk about the last stage, which mm. was Scrap Brain Zone. And that was where it was like, holy shit, let's, let's make it even harder. And this was actually quite a challenging level because there were pits. Like, literally, sometimes as soon as you start the level, it's like a death pit. It's like, oh, fuck you. You know, I, I really like this stage, actually. I don't think it's as good as Starlight or Green Hill. But I think, like, when you incorporate the challenge and you, you really have to take your time on this level, you can't just run through it. You you yeah. have to kind of analyze every single one of your moves. And that's going to turn a lot of people off. I can understand why people would hate this level. But in terms of challenge, in terms of fun, it's up there. It's it's a really enjoyable series of levels. Except for the third one where they incorporate more of the Labyrinth Zone stuff. Yes. Which... And the reason it sucks is because those bubbles, they, they space them so far apart that you really got to be precise. But it's the last level, so how can you really complain? Although you can, there's a cheat in Labyrinth Zone. Like, basically, you can jump off at one point when you, like, come, not Labyrinth Zone, in Scrap, Scrap Brain 3, mm. where you can basically skip majority of the level. I didn't know that. Now, I only found out recently, basically, it, it's like you take a shortcut. It's not a glitch. It's not a cheat. It's just like one of those routes you got to find. And, yeah, if you can basically skip, and you basically you cut off like two-thirds of the level. Yeah, that would be useful because that level is a motherfucker. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. That, that's not much more I can say. I don't even think it's that fun, to be honest with you. It's, it's a grind. But, again... It's the final level of the game. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be welcoming. It would be helpful. It was a little bit more fun. I think it could have been more climactic, but it wasn't. It was kind of anticlimactic. But uh, mm -hmm. it is what it is. I, I the the first two scrap brain levels are are just fine though. Yeah, and I love and the music the, again too. Oh, I love everything again. The music is incredible. It does it really well. Yeah. But the thing is, the the you know, six zones. With 18 levels, it's not actually a big game. It's it, no. compared to again Super Mario World, which was out the time. Super Mario World is a big game. That if you want, you can you can spend hours doing everything in Super Mario World. I know you can finish it in seconds in theory, um, but when it came to actually the levels, it was a much bigger game. Super Mario World, but it's amazing how this game still holds up and still compared to you know Super Mario World is like the level of quality. But I think one reason it does that is because one thing that stands it apart, the bosses in Sonic were much better than the bosses that were in Mario. You know what? Uh, I would I would say so. And I even think that the bosses in Sonic 1 are actually kind of tame. And maybe that's because I've just played them so much. But uh, 
it's just like yeah it takes eight hits to hit robotnik and you you really you really have to be in a position where you haven't played the game much before but uh in order to really feel any sort of threat from robotnik but they were much more creative than you know jumping on a koopa kid and knocking them into the lava like there there's not much thought behind it yeah like they yeah they were boring and like the mario ones were so boring where here you've got robotnik coming in on his ship with a giant chain with a ball on the end i was like what the fuck is this yeah yeah it was very unique now i will say like in terms of its length too this is why i like sonic one here's a hot take incoming by the way uh, this is why I like Sonic 1 more than Sonic 2, by, like, a country oh, mile. But this is bold. Yeah. It's because Sonic 1, I can sit down, because you, you can't save in either Sonic 1 or Sonic 2. I can sit down for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, and I can get Sonic 1 done and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Sonic 2 is just, it, it overstays its welcome. It's just a little too long, and there you can't Ooh. save it like in Sonic 3. So, like... When you talk about a big game, yeah, it Sonic Two is a much bigger game than Sonic One. But when you, like my barrier is Metropolis Zone, and then once I get to Metropolis Zone, I'm just like I I I'm done. Like I've played this game a little bit too long, but I never get that feeling in Sonic One. I always feel like yeah. I can just go a little bit longer. I I can kind of see what you mean because Metropolis Zone is Scrap Brain One basically with weights on. You're so slow. Yeah. And it's difficult, and those fucking praying mantises are fucking ruthless. <laughs> I was waiting for the praying mantises that fire their claws off. Oh, Jesus, yeah, they're Fuck bastards. Fuck them, dude. Fuck them. <laughs> Even with Supersonic, it's still a slow level. So yeah. fucking hell. It's like, who builds shit like this? Who builds their platforms where you have to run up a cog? It's like, fuck off, Robotnik. You're not doing it, you fat fuck. You're and then not you doing have, it. So who's, then who's you have Tails for? just being worthless. Yeah, because he can't fly in this game. It's like a oh, fuck off, Tails. You bastard. Like, fucking Knuckles is like, hang on, this is for me. Just climbs, climbs up as if it's fucking nothing. It's like, right. fuck off, Knuckles. <laughs> Dickhead. But then you, you, was, you know, the, with this, I think, and it's, it's, there are little things compared to Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, and it's good that you bring that up. Because if you've played Sonic to death and you've not played the first one, you're going to get a bit of a shock because there is no spin dash which is absolutely crippling at some points. Like, eh, I need a spin dash. I need spin dash. Yeah, but I, yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like, it, once you play Sonic 2 or Sonic 3 and you don't play a lot of Sonic, you're going to go back to Sonic 1 and you're going to be saying exactly what you said. It's, like, almost inherent. I almost caught myself doing it on my most recent playthrough. It's like, well, shit, like, why can't I do this? Yeah, why can't I do it? Do it, yeah. you bastard. Yeah, but you know what? You don't need it once you remember that you don't necessarily need to do it then you're fine uh i it, you could definitely help it definitely helps if you use it but i i think it would be a little bit overpowered if you used it in sonic the hedgehog one because just the I way the game's set up the only time i think you really need it is scrap the scrap brain zone because there's a lot of points where you need to kind of get over like big dips and you need to get your momentum up. And it's like, fucking, I've got to go up and down this ramp, up this fucking U-bend until I've got momentum. I freaking... That's when I think the, the spin dash would have been really helpful for that level. And I know, if, I don't know if you know, but in future ports, and it was the Christian Whitehead version. Thank yes. you, Christian Whitehead. You are a freaking legend if you listen to this show, which you probably don't, but if you do, <laughs> um, he added... His, him and his team, they added the spin dash, they added tails, they added knuckles, and they added supersonic. 
Yeah, and I think in many ways that that kind of breaks the game, but that's kind of the point of a remaster, right? That's what you want to see oh. in these these things. And I, you, you're talking about Scrap Super Brain, or you're talking about it. Spring Hill. Sorry, sorry, apologies. Yeah, Spring Yard Zone, Spring Yard Zone. Sorry, not Spring Yard. Sorry, yeah, Spring yeah. Yard Zone. Sorry. Yeah, I've got freaking note. I've got it in my freaking notes as well. Fucking idiot. Yeah, Spring Yard <laughs> Zone. It was. It was again this probably the third level, and it was the one to try and rebuild your speed back in. Yeah, um, to show that the physics, but just needed that spin dash just to help it just a little bit more. I felt. Yeah, funny story about that level too. Uh, there's there's a part in that level I think in part Act One and Act Three where it says cope. And when I was a kid, I always thought that my dad had worked on the game because my dad was a computer programmer and his handle online handle back then was cope. So I always oh, thought that's amazing. Yeah, I always thought like, did did you work on this? Is I did like did they know who you are? And it was of course they didn't. But it's kind of like I always wondered because he, he he is a big name in the computer programming industry. I always wonder if it's like something that had to do with him. And I, of course, no, it wasn't. But I always thought so. Did he bullshit and say it was? No. <laughs> I would have. I, I would have totally to. bullshitted. I would have bu- and not told you for like thirty years. Yeah, I would have done the same thing, man. I would have done that to my kids. Yeah, it's totally me, guys. It's totally me. Your your dad is that guy. That's why they put it in there because it was that influential. Now it makes me wonder why they my, did put in Cope. I would have put it in my resume. I would have fucking put it in my resume and then just made it when they bring it up, because they will. Because it's like, I was in Sonic 1. And then just lie and just say, I'll put it in there for my kids. And fucking hell, it would get, that would get a laugh in an interview. Jesus, it would. <laughs> I worked on Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, really? Like, that probably worked out, well, probably 10 years ago. Now that all Gen Z is like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Millennials would, but Gen Z would be like, I don't care. What do you have to do with Fortnite? I, <laughs> yeah, what's for what Fortnite skin are you bringing to the table today? Who have you got? Who have you got? We've got we've got John Cena, we've got fucking Ryu, we've got Goku. Who else are you gonna bring? Fucking exactly. <laughs> fucking fucking Fortnite. Fuck you, Fortnite. You've ruined it. I don't want to see Goku with a gun. This makes no sense. Yeah, Goku doesn't need a gun. That's lame. It's so just dumb. gonna go. I'm just gonna blow up the world. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Just spirit bomb everyone to death. Just fucking spit all your fucking everything. Jesus. Oh, I don't know. Give me a start on Fortnite. Now, here's one for you. Here's a test. I'm going to give you a test. Okay. okay. Now, I don't think, you know, a lot of people aren't going to know this. Well, and depending on your age, you'll know this. Mm. Can you give me the level select sheet, please? Up, down, left, right, hold A, start. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can you can you give me the debug? Ooh, No. I oh no, I can't. That was the number. No, what was it? What was that? So if you, I think it's up C, down C, left C, right C, hold A, start. And what that would do is you would go into debug mode, and then like if you press certain buttons, you can change Sonic into any item in the game, and then just put that item in the stage itself or enemy or anything. So what I would do when I was a kid once I learned the debug code is I'd change myself into a ring. And just, you know, rapidly press the button until there's like a thousand rings and just have Sonic pick all of them up. See, they, I didn't realize that was in Sonic 1, but I know it's in Sonic 2. And yeah. that was a readily available code. Yeah, it's, it yeah, it's in Sonic 1 too. I never knew, because what I used to do in Sonic 2 is that, because I said it was in a readily available, everyone knew that. I didn't know about Sonic 1, but I used to basically like, be stupid. Yeah, I used to do the ring thing as well, and it was so much fun. Or I was an idiot and got, like, you know, the the, the checkpoint zones? I'd line loads them up, so a hole, it was like... 
You can like give yourself all the rings and then just jump into the loop and just spam your emeralds from there, right? Get supersonic in, in Emerald Hill. Just oh, you can you no 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 you can do that legitimately. Oh, I'm sure. If you're good I'm enough, certain. you because there are seven checkpoints in those two levels in Emerald Hill, and I used to get really shitty if I didn't get so- supersonic by the end of Emerald Hill. I mm. really got shitty with myself. Unfortunately, there's no supersonic in Sock One though. At the Sock. No, God, he would have broke the game. He would have broke the game of so- supersonic, isn't it? If you not don't know, supersonic is basically a homage to Dragon Ball Z, and basically Sonic goes all yellow, and he, he's basically got invulnerability, and he has the speed shoes on, and he's like, right, I'm off, bye, and just, just annihilates worlds. Yeah. This is why I always think there's seven Chaos Emeralds and not six, because of Dragon Ball, because there's seven Dragon yes. Balls. Yes, seven Dragon That must have been what the homage was. It had to be. It absolutely, because it did say that the the super the super Sonic is a homage, which apparently Kira Tomoyama does not approve of. He's not really happy with it, which is quite funny. And it's like, oh, oh dear. But then it, the, you know. it it took him how long before they put Super Sans in fucking Dragon Quest? And he, you're going to think he's going to like it in Sonic? <laughs> yeah, Jesus God, exactly. Or well, going on, I don't know if you played the old Mystical Ninja. You can go Super Sonic, Super Saiyan in that. No shit, I didn't know that. Goemon, Goemon can go Super Saiyan. I was like, that's incredible. I was like, fuck, he can. I completely forgot he could go Super Saiyan. Didn't get the reference when I was a kid. I get it fucking now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no one no one did when we were kids because, well, I don't know how it was like over there in, in jolly old England, but in the United States, we didn't get Dragon Ball Z until, like, the, the late 90s. So, yeah, we wouldn't yeah. have known that with Sonic 1 or 2. Well, I didn't get Dragon Ball Z until the... I didn't start watching until the Freezer Saga, and even then it was sporadic, and I was like... Hang on, how come Goku is on a ship and now he's on another planet because I was getting mixed up with Yamcha? What the yeah. fuck's going on? I got, no I, idea. I do have to ask this, and this Go. is something I give my Canadian friends shit about all the time too. You call it Dragon Ball Z instead of Dragon when Ball it be Z. Dragon Ball Z. But the Japanese, <laughs> the Japanese call it Dragon Ball Z. Do they? Yeah, it's Dragon Ball. It's uh, Dragon Ball Ruzetto. Well, bastards, we should be called... Why aren't we calling... You freaking Americans. It's not our fault. fault. You had a choice. You all had a choice. And you chose correctly. (laughs) You just came in and basically went, America, fuck yeah. No, we didn't do shit because... No, no, you made that choice. That was not America, fuck yeah. That was was a wannabe syndrome. We're like, we we want to impress the Americans there. That's, That's all I can think about because you had an option. Because it was translated into French. You you could have called it Dragon Ball Z. I know we're way yeah, off topic f- now. but It's French. It's like we're not playing with the French. Do you not know that we do not get on with the French? Oh, I thought you loved them. thought you were no. best friends. Any, anyone, well, that's the thing. We don't get on with anyone. We don't get on with the Scots. We don't get on with the Welsh, the French, yeah. and the, the Irish. We don't get on with anyone. We're all, we jam, we're just, England just take everyone. That's like, that's like a grumpy person with a, with a toy in the corner. Go, Fucking mind, fuck off. I thought you got along with the Welsh outside of fucking sheep. Well, no, there's always that. Like, it basically, if ever, it's always like history and football related. But if basically England are in a tournament, everyone wants us to fail. <laughs> the standard, especially the Scots. They're like, oh, no, nope, we'll support the other team. Yeah, no, I I get that. Like the Scots fucking hate your guts. <laughs> it is good fun though. It is. Yeah. I, I love all. The, you got. You never see someone from. Usually, if you see someone from Scotland, there's always banter. There's always banter with the Scotsman and giving you shit. 
It's, it, it's great. I, I do love it. And mm. this is a constant thing. But you know what? I've not played Sonic 1 for such a long time. And it's ridiculous, really, because I keep saying, oh, I need a console version of it. But I have. And I've even... I recently down, I bought myself this Sega Mega Drive collection. But I was, gonna, I was thinking, do I need to refresh myself with this podcast? I was like, no. I can. Ju- it's one of those games, Sonic 1. I've played it so many times. I can just go, right, bang. And I could probably, as you did, just complete it in one sitting and finish. Even though it had basically the limited lives and continues, I could still go in one go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's just one of those games that's so ingrained within your memory that if you've you've played it once, if you've if you played it a million times growing up as a kid, you're going to be able to go back to this at any point and and probably just run through it and impress your friends who are probably going to struggle. Oh, I've done that before. I remember I was playing. I was in university. No, I was it was it was 28. I know this for a second. I was 28 and I was I'd gone back to university. So it'd been 10 years since I'd been um, at uni. And they had in this bar, they had Sonic 2. And I was watching all these kids, like basically kids, 18-year-olds, trying to play it. And they were, like, dead slow. I was like, oh, fucking move. I had half a tank. I had so much beer on me at this point. And I just fucking whizzed for it. I was like, grow up, children. Learn how to play video games. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you you got to learn how to play Sonic. If you don't know how to play Sonic, just, just quit it, life. <laughs> the cool thing is, um, Hiccups has started picking up, like, looking at me playing games now. So I want to play. I want to play. And I'm like, she doesn't understand how it works, and you know, left and right and all that palaver. But she's getting there, and slowly she'll be introduced to games like Sonic and Mario. She's not playing Fortnite, fuck that shit. She'll be learning the classics first. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta throw them right into the frying pan, dude. Throw them right in the frying pan. Just be like, here's Sonic the Hedgehog. Can't figure this out. You're dead to me. Yeah. Don't. You must finish this by today. You don't eat. Simple as that. Yeah. Like that's kind of what I do with my youngest kid. Now he can kick everyone's ass in Smash Brothers. So, and he started with Sonic Adventure. Young? He's uh, thirteen. How old is your youngest? Thirteen. Thirteen. Jesus, don't say that. I haven't got. A, I've got a three-year-old. I'm still ten years away from that. Oh wow. Yeah. Hang you you got. You got a ways to go. Yeah. How old? Are you, how old are you? I am thirty-seven. Wow. Fair enough. Bloody hell. You're a bit older than me. Jesus. I just had him late. I, I got started early. You know, I'm a little horn dog, so, you know, things happen. <laughs> at that stage, though, at 13, you're like, I'll oh, just fucking entertain yourself. I'm not arsed anymore. Just do, um, Daddy's doing this, you do that. But at three, you're like, you got to fucking pay attention all the time. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, what? You yeah. want me to dress me up in a girl? You want to put makeup on me? All right, fine. Oh, go on, here we go. That's why I say sometimes it's better to have them younger when you still have the energy. And then when they get old <laughs> and you're old, you can just fucking chill. <laughs> Daddy needs a beer. Daddy needs this. And it'll be like when you get to 70 or 80, it'll be like, I remember Sonic 1. And you're like, oh, fuck off, granddad. Go to bed. <laughs> There's probably 70-year-olds right now who are saying that. <laughs> it's been prob- it's been 30 fucking years, dude. That's the thing. It's, it is an old game. But yeah. But it's still, it, yes, it's got its little problems, you know, but it's, again, it still holds up. Super Mario no, World, does, it, yeah. they still hold up. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I just, you know, playing through it again and just seeing the vibrant colors and how good these graphics look after after 30-plus years. And there's there's sprite work on modern games that I would still say don't compare to what Sonic 1 accomplished and just how good it looked. Even especially in the Japanese version when they added, like, uh, uh, the scrolling cl- uh, clouds and extra parallax scrolling. It's just like, this game is still gorgeous. And it's amazing how good this looks on the Sega Genesis because its color palette was so limited. And hats off, man. Beautiful, beautiful game. 
Yeah, and this literally, this killed, you know, a lot of other consoles because this and Nintendo were then the ones and nothing else could stand against them at that stage. And the, this this was the game, I believe, that really, when you look at where the console war started, this is it. This is what started the console war, this game. Because I think without this game, the the Genesis, the Mega Drive, isn't doing as well as it could have done. No. But this sold copies. Is it appropriate to say that uh, Sega dropped a nuke on, on Nintendo, or is that like not politically correct because they're Japanese? Yeah, you can say it. That's okay. fine. Yeah, you, uh, Sega did. Sega dropped a dropped a nuke on Nintendo then. With with they Sonic. really did. Be, yeah, with Sonic they they did because they went right. Holy shit, we're going after you. We're attacking you with this. And the bad thing is, like for Mario for the Nintendo, is that they has to have Super Mario World, but they didn't then follow it up. They did not follow it up with another Super Mario World. Yes, no. they had Super Mario World 2, but that wasn't that was a completely different game. Whereas Sega went on to make Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic 3D. They went hard with Sonic and it worked. Every time a Sonic game came out, okay, not now, but then yeah. it sold. Sonic Sonic was so prolific for Sega that it wasn't even Nintendo that pulled themselves out of their own shit to to turn the fortunes back to themselves it was capcom with street fighter 2 so you're talking about yeah. like this game came out in like 90 91 and sega just started dominating nintendo and and just starting to just you know like i said at the beginning of the episode punching punching nintendo and mario in the face and the thing that turned the fortunes and you know this growing up in europe uh like street fighter 2 was when people are like oh oh okay we'll, we'll head back to the super nintendo because sega didn't have it and it's not and that was the reason, like Super Nintendo started catching fire. It wasn't because anything Nintendo did. They needed they needed outside help to get over the Genesis because of how much of an impact the original Sonic the Hedgehog had on the gaming gaming market and community. It's it's just wild when you think about just how big this game was. Could could you imagine if we well, so you know you're saying about Capcom and Street Fighter Two, if they went to the Genesis first? I know eventually they got it with the new challenges. But imagine if they, the first Street Fighter Two was on the Genesis. What I don't think that it would have done. I don't think so because everyone had that three button controller. I think that's why they True. went to Super yeah. Nintendo. Because even if you play Street Fighter, any version of Street Fighter on the Genesis, whether it be Championship or Super Street Fighter Two, you need to have that six button controller. So like, yeah, that's that's why it landed on the Super Nintendo. I know we're talking about Street Fighter now, but like, that's what it took. That's what it took for people to finally be like, we're moving over to Team Nintendo, was a port of the most popular arcade game of the day, and to be a really good conversion with all six buttons on your controller to finally conquer a blue fucking hedgehog. That's what it took. That wasn't even meant to be. He was not meant to be. He was meant to be something else. Exactly. Uh, uh, Yeah, Mr. Needlemouse was his original name. Mr. Needlemouse. And to think, God, imagine what that would have looked like. What horrible needle mouse? Oh, <laughs> awful! Like, I, it just can't be overstated. Like, I know it's, Sonic One isn't as good as Sonic Two, nowhere near. But it was the legacy that this game, you know, put forward. And I, I always feel Sonic because feel sorry for Sonic because I think the the current market hasn't been nice to it. However, with the resurgence of the Sonic films, I think Sonic's in a healthy place. And is going to be hopefully in a great place for the future. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, Sonic Mania was a great game. We'll see how Sonic Frontiers 
uh, you know, kind of forms out because at the time that recording the Sonic Frontiers isn't out yet. So hopefully it's no. good. The the movies are, are are good movies. They're pretty decent. So it, you know they they've come a long way since Sonic two thousand six. They definitely have. <sighs> and you know the kind of the refocus and resurgence of the love for the two D Sonics is is something to behold. And you know who knows what the gaming landscape or gaming market would even look like nowadays without this game, without Sonic the Hedgehog one, and how he just burst onto the scene and pretty much changed everything. I think he did, and I agree. I think Sonic One changed so much because it encapsulated the '90s, as you said, the attitude. It basically showed off the Genesis. It showed off what the console could do. It showed how to make an absolute world-class soundtrack, and said, "This is." It may not be the best game, but for game design and everything else around it, marketing, it was the gold standard. I 100% agree, dude. And you know. I can rant about some minor gripes of this game, but that's only minor because I'm comparing it to Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. And you need that's, I, that's I still the, think it's better than Sonic fair. 2. That's not fair to do. It's better than Sonic 2. It's better than Sonic 2. Hate me all you want. Better than Sonic 2. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've built up we built up such a good relationship over these past few months and you just go and fucking spoil it <laughs> it's like it's like what the fuck what why better, oh, we've done a really nice interview you know and you've just gone and fucking ruined it it's better than Sonic 2 <laughs> go fucking find an echidna penis and have some fun you weirdo I, I don't have five hands it's like that scene in Total Recall I only have two It'd be like, no, you can if you play like, you know, the, was it the South Park episode? Is it the It? Oh, oh no. Basically, you have to, have you not seen that where they were going no, no, around no. on a, oh, they go, okay, this is off topic. Before we give it a score, um, they basically make a machine and it's like how you can travel on a machine and you've got, you have to kind of sit on the, the sit, like literally sit on it. Uh, oh, yeah. And then you've got two hand pumps, and to make it move forward, you have a mouth pump. Oh, gee, I need to watch this. This sounds amazing. It's so good. It's like, I can't think it's called the it or something. It's just basically a machine for everything it's resembling cock. <laughs> it's just super. Mm. <laughs> okay, I know I, that's... People are like, what the fuck is going on at this show? We know what to expect. Nothing ever happens, especially when Chris, you or Jake, come on. Nothing ever goes to freaking plan. I, that's why I'm here. Exactly. Now, if you had to score this out of 10, how are we giving it? What are we giving it? Well, I said it was better than Sonic 2. So I gotta I gotta go hard. I gotta go hard. I'm gonna give this game a... I'm gonna give this game a 9.5 out of 10. I think that... Jesus. I know, right? It's it's really high. But I think that's because like you can sit down, you can play this game within 30 to 45 minutes if you throw away all the gotta go fast marketing that goes around this and you play this as a platformer. It's it's graphically beautiful. The music is on point. Uh, the, the stages are well enough designed for its time. It's well ahead of its time in terms of just overall game and level design. And, it, yeah, it has some flaws, but this is iconic, what it did for the industry. I, I throw a lot of that into it, too, for the point. So I'm going to say 9.5. I'm going to say 8. And that's fair. As I said, because it wasn't perfect. I'm not comparing that to Sonic 2, because that's not fair. Um, but it, 
you know, it, I think I could have even scored it a bit lower, but it's I, I can't emphasize how much, how important this game is to gaming. And if you're going to make, I may do a list of, if they ever do a list of the top 10 most influential games in the market, I would be putting this honestly at number one because for what it did. And without this, I generally don't think you have the console wars. I generally don't think it becomes a thing. Yeah, because and I think Nintendo would have dominated, and we wouldn't have it. We wouldn't even be talking about it. And the name of your show is Retro Wars, and so you know all yeah. about it. So, like this, it's I all about the wars. I honestly, genuinely believe, without this, you don't have anything. It's just Nintendo dominate. I don't think. And I'm going to make a bold statement. I don't think you have PlayStation. I don't think you have Xbox. I don't think you have anything without Sonic One, because Sonic One basically showed. Hang on, you can make this into a business in a basically a war raging in you. Basically, it drives up consumer demand. I don't think that happens without this game because Nintendo was monopolized everything. It it grew up with the market. You know, people who had played you know the Nintendo in 1985, at least here in the United States. You know, six years later, they were looking for something more their age level, and that's what Sonic did, and that that laid out the blueprint for everything after it. And you're absolutely right; you wouldn't have the success that PlayStation or Xbox did later. There we go. What a way to finish. Well, my friend, it's been a pleasure as always. You've learned some new things, and always thank you very much for coming on. Dude, it's always a pleasure, Danny, uh, being on the show with you. I've always had, I always have a great time, and uh, I'm I'm glad I could teach you about echidna penises. Bastard. Right, piss off. <laughs> they will in five directions. Right, go. Bye. <laughs> That was episode 34 of Retro Wars, and that was Sonic the Hedgehog 1 for the Genesis slash Mega Drive. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you very much again, Chris, for coming on. It's always great to have him on. And until then, I will see you all next week. You take care of yourself. My name's been Daniel Carroll. Bye-bye.